50 students at the University of New South Wales participated in an experiment where they walked over a slippery surface while texting. Researchers found that those who texted while walking had a higher risk of falling over hazards on the ground. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, so if you're walking over a slippery surface and you're distracted. And on top of that, their texting accuracy was worse, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the real well. issue. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Vince returns on Monday. A good Wednesday morning to you. Mike Spaulding in for news today. Adam Roberts, of course, in the newsroom. You heard Steph Graham there. She's handling traffic in place of Debbie Lazga. The rest of the crew is on board. Brandon Snide is here on Sports and Greg Pancake Hill producing the program. We need hygienists now. The latest job that seems to be lacking in employees here across Wisconsin, dental hygienists. Some areas in Wisconsin have been looking for a hygienist for years. Uh, you just can't find enough of them to be able to handle an office now. Uh, and once more, here I, I thought this was interesting. Channel 3000 has this story. The state of Wisconsin now making it easier for dentists to get started in their field as soon as they graduate. Um, and I find this interesting. It reminds me of the idea of like not having your kid who's 16 years old take the driver's test nowadays. You can get away with that now where you can just, they can just, if they go through the process. That the explains te- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, I, and you can argue one way or the other about why, why they need to do it or not. I argued with Angie. Uh, about it because my wife's like, well, why should he do it? He, you know, we know that he's he can drive and all that stuff, and he's he's proven he could do it. I'm like, well, who cares if he fails? And that means he can't. Like, if if he's that good, then it should be just a pain for an hour to go and get it done. Anyway, my kid drives fine, knock on wood. But in this case, the state is taking a step to make it easier for dentists to get started. Now, to be a licensed dentist in Wisconsin, according to WISC-TV, all applicants have to pass a written national exam during their schooling, then a practical exam administered by a third party after they graduate. Well, the Dentistry Examining Board in Wisconsin is now voting to make Wisconsin's only dental school, Marquette's, a testing organization. So that eliminates the need for graduates to take the practical exam because the board already has that as part of the curriculum. So I guess that makes it easier, but at the same time... what? Does it hurt to take another exam to prove that you can do the job? Like, why well, we're making it easier by having you do less things? You know, this kind of reminds me of remember during like the height of the the pandemic when there was all this consternation about nurses and yeah. how difficult it was, and there were shortages, and there were lawmakers that were looking to ease up on some regulations right, yeah. to mm-hmm. allow nurses to travel Similar across stuff. state yep. and do that. That's what this reminds me of a lot. And there's nothing worse than toothache. <laughs> like in the story, it, eight, nine, ten months. After saying, hey, I think I have an infection in my mouth, people no, are having you're to right. wait for a dentist. There is almost That's nothing great worse. It's debilitating. So let's get this going. Okay, we need to help the dentist out. We need some hygienists. And yes, let's help with those two things. You're right. That is the worst thing imaginable. 614. I don't care if they take a test or not. Just fix my tooth. Uh, rough one for the crew last night. Brandon Snyder, walk us through it next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. It was an ugly finish for the Brewers at home on Tuesday night. Andrew Chafin and Abner Uribe allowing three straight bases loaded walks in the 10th inning. And Milwaukee would go on to lose the game 7-3 to the Colorado Rockies. 3-0 pitch. And he missed low. He walked him. So three straight walks with the bases loaded. It's 6-3 Rockies. 
four walks in the inning and in this stretch of three straight walks there has not been a strike thrown. Not a strike thrown. It was ugly. Manager Craig Council on that tenth inning. You no, know, we just we didn't throw strikes that inning, and that, you know any any time um, it's it's that kind of dramatic, it's going to cost you, and, and certainly cost us. It did cost the Brewers with the loss. They are now sitting at a game and a half lead over both Chicago and Cincinnati for the top spot in the NL Central Division. The Reds losing on Tuesday, which the Brewers could have. Gained a game, but with that loss, they did not. The Cubs did win. The Brewers and Rockies rubber match will get underway later this afternoon with coverage getting underway here on WTMJ beginning at 12.30. Over to the NFL where the Green Bay Packers are in Cincinnati set to hold a joint practice with the Bengals. Head coach Matt LaFleur excited to see what his team looks like on the field and what it can do for them off the field as well. I think it just gives us an opportunity to bond. I think that camaraderie is an important part of this process and just that team chemistry, the makeup. The more these guys hang out together, the more they get to know each other. I think the more they'll they'll fight for one another. And so I think it's it's a, a unique opportunity going against a, one of the premier teams in, in the National Football League. Practice will get underway this afternoon as the two teams prepare for Friday night's preseason game. And speaking of preseason games... Could Packers fans see newly appointed starter Jordan Love on Friday night to begin their preseason? What Jordan needs affects a lot of the other guys, right? Because if Jordan's in there, you know, there's going to be a bunch of other players in there as well that may not play a ton in the preseason. So um, I think Matt will work through that and um, make good decisions. Packers general manager Brian Gunnikin's talking about the tough decisions looming for the pack ahead of the NFL preseason. And speaking of tough decisions, general manager Brian Gunnikin's made one this April when he traded away Aaron Rodgers, who appeared on the NFL's Hard Knocks. Did you guys tune in like the whole rest of the world? Oh, I did. I did not. So far, he comes off cool. Yeah, right? he came off cool. It it hurt a little bit. I heard there was a lot of um, starstruck there's a great, the coaches. There's a great comment from Nicole Hartman, who is a player there, who talks about how old Rogers is compared to him. Hey, like, it's crazy, though. I really was seven years old. Like, I was this tall. You're aging me again? Yes. For sure. Not aging you, but showing you how great you is. That should be like a tenant, like how great you really is. Because I watched you my whole life, basically. (laughs) I'm already sick. I'm already sick of it. (laughs) Well, what, what was the toughest part is thinking about Zach Wilson, who is the guy that Aaron is replacing, all the the coaches, the wide receivers were fawning over the new guy. The old guy's still there. <laughs> He's, He's standing, standing right, right next to him. You're and just, number two overall pick. And right. they're just saying, ago. like, I've never seen a ball thrown like that before. This oh, is God, so great. It was a tough. It. it was tough. Win, it, win in January mm. for once. <laughs> Sports brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Petrano, Eric Bilstadt, along with Mike Spaulding. Our State Fair scoop joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Tess Kirkson from the State Fair. And Tess, tonight's the big night. We got ourselves the Governor's Blue Ribbon Livestock Auction tonight on the fairgrounds. Yes, we certainly do. I mean, it's the Governor's Blue Ribbon Livestock Auction, and it's something we've been doing for many years right, uh, to support Wisconsin youth who are involved in agriculture, really. Should really point out too. I've I've gone to it a couple of times, and it's you don't need to know anything about livestock to enjoy the ceremonies and whatnot. There's a lot of pomp and pageantry involved with it. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a lot of people there, and a lot of people who come just to enjoy, and of course, support the youth in our state, um, and just see how hard these kids have worked to work with their animals and really make them the best that they can be. 
you know, Tess, I think a lot of times we all focus on the food, and I think for good reason, and the things to do, and people watching, and all that kind of stuff, but stuff like this tonight is such a great reminder, I think, of how big of a role that agriculture, 4-H, whatever it is, plays in the state fair. Absolutely. I mean, agriculture is the cornerstone of the fair, and it's how the fair got started. I mean, people came together to show off agriculture and industry way back in the 1800s, and we started in 1851. And that has still, that tradition has still stayed with us. And that's what's really incredible about it. And and people, of course, come to see the cute animals and go to the Discovery Barnyard and all those things. Um, But agriculture is really the cornerstone of why we do fairs. The food, the music, all the fun things that surround it really surround the agriculture. What else is happening today on the Wednesday of the Wisconsin State Fair? (laughs) I can't believe it is already Wednesday of Mm -hmm. the Wisconsin State Fair. It's absolutely insane to me. But we have Meyer Day today, so that's a great promotion that runs from 10 to 4 today. And if you shopped at Meyer, you can just bring in your receipt and get $5 off admission, which is fantastic. But they also set up in Central Park, which is right across from the studio, and they do a great setup with different inflatables and fun photo ops. Um, sometimes they have some snacks as well that are free, um, which is always wonderful, a sweet treat or something like that. Um, so that's always great. And then, of course, in the competitive exhibits world, in our Grand Champion Hall, which is a, it, a hidden gem to me, we have our live judging of our Grand Champion Eats and Treats, which is um, different organizations and companies actually come together to be judged on a professional food competition. So that one's always really fun. That starts at 10.30 a.m. today in Grand Champion Hall. So definitely I can't miss on that one. Tess Kirkson from the Wisconsin State Fair. She hasn't slept in a week. She enjoys (laughs) the fair. Thank you so much. Another great day ahead. Thank you. Brandon Snide has extra points coming up at 6.45. So you don't even have to walk that far. A new study published by the European Society of Cardiology found that walking around 4,000 steps a day is enough to reduce the risk of death. And you only need about 2,300 steps a day to reduce your chance of dying from heart disease. See, I'm surprised there. I always thought the magic number was 10,000 steps. That's what your Fitbit tells you, isn't it? Like it beeps at you, tells you you need to keep walking. The experts say it seems clear that the more steps you take, the better off your health is. This, This made me laugh. So listen to this story. This is from correspondent Michael George talking about another study that they did. Walking may not be so healthy for you if you do it while texting. A new study finds you're more likely to slip and fall when combining the two. 50 students at the University of New South Wales participated in an experiment where they walked over a slippery surface while texting. Researchers found that those who texted while walking had a higher risk of falling over hazards on the ground. (laughs) Well, of course. Yeah, so if you're walking over a slippery surface and you're distracted. And on top of that, their texting accuracy was worse, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the real issue. So if you are walking across Mm -hmm. an ice rink, don't text also because you might fall more. And your text won't even be clear for someone your to read. Your text just says, duck. Duck. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I fell. These are the important things we are learning in these studies. It is 638. We'll check the roads with Steph Graham. Find out if we're clear from an issue earlier. Next. Well, the summer is quickly coming to an end. The school year will start here in just a couple of weeks. Now you have the, uh, the doctors and whatnot. The, the psychiatrists and others are encouraging parents to start weaning their kids off of devices because there are no way, there's no way that a teacher will be able to compete with the stimulus <laughs> that they're getting from these devices from all summer long. I'm relentless about this. I don't know how you are, uh, Brandon, with your kids. 
But uh, my kid, my I, I left because he was so frustrated with me. He's 13 years old. He participated in a 5K the other day, and then he played uh, two nine-round whole nine-hole rounds of golf in a day. And then he, was, I found him on his phone sitting on the couch later that day. I'm like, get off your phone. And he's like, dude, <laughs> come on. I'm relentless about making sure they're not on those all the time. We just uh, we kind of hammered down, actually, this week. It's about a month or so till school starts. So, yeah, they're all, well, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. There's so much. I just much. A pool. There's a pool in the backyard. <laughs> there's outside. There's grass. Find something to do. My oldest is at football practice for like five hours a right? day. See, and that's where I feel bad because my my oldest Same. runs yeah. and like does a, burns a lot of calories, and then if I find him on his phone, I'm like, "Hey, man, come on!" Yeah, I cut him a little slack. Yeah, that's I how I, I have the, I have the chocolate heart like that too because I want him to give him the opportunity to kind of have you know that last month before. Right. Know, for him, it's going to be freshman year of high school. It's going to be a, a big school. Yeah, football schedule. You know, enjoy on. the last thirty-ish days, but yeah, you're right. Like it's it's tough. It's it, it's a catch twenty-two. Six forty-three. Brandon Snide's got extra points next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call. That's all. Sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers walked in three straight runs in the top of the tenth inning on Tuesday night as they fall to the Colorado Rockies by a final score of seven to three. With the loss, the Brewers now leading the NL Central Division by a game and a half over both Chicago and Cincinnati. Milwaukee will look for the series win later this afternoon against Colorado. Coverage will get underway here on WTMJ beginning at 1235. The Green Bay Packers are set to hold a joint practice with the Bengals in Cincinnati later today. Practice gets underway this afternoon as the two teams prepare for Friday night's preseason game. And lastly, ESPN has officially joined the sportsbook world of gambling they have signed a licensing deal with Penn Entertainment to create what they will call ESPN Bet. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. As you and I know it, college football is long and gone. Earlier this week, the University of Cal and Stanford entered talks about leaving their current conference, the Pac-12, and heading out east to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Last week, Oregon and Washington made the decision to join the Big Ten in the 2024-2025 season, joining USC and UCLA. Whatever you thought of Big Ten football in the past is, well, most Definitely in the past. Call me old school. Call me stubborn. Call me whatever you want. Just don't call me a fan of these moves for college football and indeed for the Big Ten, which now has teams scattered literally from one coast to the other. As a Wisconsin fan, this hurts the Badgers in a significant way. In an already tough and fierce competition for recruits with the likes of Michigan and Ohio State, they will now be competing with cities like Los Angeles and Seattle. On the field, it makes even less sense for this to happen. Teams in the Midwest going out west for a conference game? Really? In comparison, think of the Brewers traveling out to play the Dodgers or the Mariners for a matchup in the National League Central Division. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, now does it? Divisional and in college football terms, conference games were never meant to be considered road trips that ran over a thousand miles. Now, in the Big Ten, they certainly will, week in and week out. None of this makes any sense, but let's be honest. When it comes to college football, are you surprised? Fallout now from a massive weekend brawl. This happened in Montgomery, Alabama. Maybe you've seen some of the video. A lot of it captured by witness footage on their phones. ABC's Andrea Fujii has more. She reports there have been charges now filed against three boaters who allegedly attacked a boat worker. 
The brawl erupted when a riverboat co-captain tried moving a pontoon boat parked in the designated spot for a commercial ship coming in. A shirtless man confronts the co-captain and a fight breaks out. Several people then jump in, outnumbering the captain. Moments later, witnesses rushed in to help the worker, running, even swimming to the scene. Oh, my God! Beating back the people who attacked the man. Ultimately, uh, three at least were arrested and faced charges. More charges could come of this. I'm curious to get the reaction from our teammate, Dr. Ken Harris, former Milwaukee police lieutenant, also a host on 101.7 The Truth, our sister station. Good morning, sir. Hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> We need better journalists at ABC News. That's one. Okay. A fight broke out. A fight did not break out. Someone punched him. Then a fight broke out. Yeah, that's true. So be accurate because you're making it as if the both of them together were in a fight. No, and that's a lie. There is a heated argument if that. There is an right. argument and then another right. guy came running from behind the no, pontoon he, boat. and then No, running from behind the, the, uh, his compadre pushing the right, co-captain. Right. Well, no, he punched him. Oh, yes, yes. In the face. Yes. And so this this thing of why people can't see the totality of it is just bizarre to me. Like, I, I'm, I didn't watch it when it happened on purpose because I wanted to hear what people would say. And then all of a sudden I watched it and I went, that's not what happened. Hmm. They argued. They went back and forth. You could see him pointing different places where you could put your boat probably. Yeah, just yep, yep, yep. Because they were waiting a long right. time, a long time for and, them to move the boat. And then the people on the actual ship waiting are cheering him on. Yay, yeah, he's going to finally get him to move. And the guy just runs up and punches him. That's a fight? No, that's not a fight. And so I think I kind of fault journalism for the idiocy around this because they're inaccurately reporting something and the order you put it in gives people a certain thought and perspective about it until they see it. See, that's interesting because I am fascinated by how much you can see of it. Why? The number of video uh, is off the chart on this. And I think that's amazing that we're in this uh, society now where like, there's even more angles that are now just yeah, popping up that yeah, we haven't seen yeah. yet, showing another little facet yeah. of this situation. And like, that is only going to become more and more helpful, I would assume, for police and investigators and for journalism, for all of us to be able to see this and see what actually happened, or at least yeah. piece together versus being told or being given a narrative that right. you may not agree with. Right. right? But then... Where does privacy end? Luckily, it was all mm. in public. But what about the private fights? You know, when I'm arguing with Mike Spaulding and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, it's. I don't know. Did you notice? And I don't know if you picked up on this. There is almost a humorous element. Oh, to it's this. silly! It's the dumbest fight. You can tell the 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 black guy who's the worker yeah. is the only one not drunk. Oh, for sure. At the beginning, there, the yeah, women absolutely. started grabbing each other, and they, then they started grabbing him. It was just, it was dumb. I mean, there's like the the co-captain. He he takes his hat after Uh-oh, he's punched. He's on. like, all right, he like, <laughs> he like throws it. So that's being you know, there's a lot of fun with that on social media. But you know, that's a bad signal now. Yeah, well, right, yeah. Now you that's know, perceived you get, you get as a bad fight. You gotta throw your hat. Throw your hat. And there's also this chair. Uh, a woman got hit by a chair, and now there's all these like memes of chairs talking and different things. <laughs> yeah. Like it's actually, which I found interesting that like it actually is becoming more. I mean, we're laughing about it. Right. 
And I don't know why that is. And I'm not trying to say, no, we should be, I'm not trying to create something that isn't there, but there is this weird humorous element to this story where as of now, they, uh, police have said they do not believe it was racially motivated. Who knows? Maybe other things will come out. Right. Um, Depending but, on what he said. And yeah, sure. Somebody recorded it. Yeah. yeah. But here we are laughing about this this situation in Montgomery. It's because the, the absurdity of what it looks like, I think, doesn't help the narrative of should we take this more seriously? The fact that there's like 20 people involved. <laughs> A person jumped off the boat and swam across, across the, the hat toss, the, the chair throw or whatever. Like, I think it's just it's made for the Internet. Like, this is what social media, for better or worse, probably <laughs> worse, but it's made for. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's so many people that you just you, you can't help but laugh at some part of it. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. It's just dumb. And and somebody put out that the, the kid who swam over there but didn't quite make it. Yeah. And got a swimming scholarship. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> it was the whole point of it, he didn't make it. So. Oh, it just it was it was it was idiotic and it was and it was great humor. And it it shows stupid people do stupid things. Now right. there's only one part of it that nobody mentioned and nobody talked about. What's that? Can you figure out what it was? Yeah? Figure out what it was? Tell us. Where's the boat? The pontoon boat? He shoved Wait, the boat off? off. He pulled off, right? Right? He shoved it off. There was nobody in it. So where is it? You don't think they have the pontoon? It's it's probably just still floating floating in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and nobody got the boat. <laughs> like, really? Like, where's the boat? Hey, before I let you go, do I am curious. Do do police departments now, do investigators go immediately to social media? Do they go immediately to witness photography that's posted in order to investigate situations like this? Not really, because you have to figure out how you can use it and how you get access to it. If it's just open, that's one thing. But if I need your particular um, footage, I'm gonna have to get a get a uh, warrant, subpoena, whatever, and mm-hmm. go to your house and knock on the door and hey, can we have your phone? So that's why it takes a few days to figure some of this stuff out that we see in real time get posted, and we're like, well, no, this is obviously what happened. Well, well you got to fill it out, fill out the warrant, and then submit it. To the company yeah. electronically, and they have to get it back to you, and have to be signed by a judge and all that stuff. So it, it takes a little bit. And I don't know if a judge would actually be happy with you if you woke him up and he saw the footage of <laughs> you. You want video footage of this? <laughs> like really? <laughs> so really? Just turn on the news. Uh, it is six fifty-seven. Doctor Ken Harris from one hundred one seven. The truth. Thank you, sir. Always appreciate your time. Always, Doctor Ken Harris, our former Milwaukee Bye, police Mike. lieutenant. It's on every day, Monday through Friday on 101.7 The Truth. Thank you, Dr. Ken.